Hey, welcome to the Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Amen. Presence of the Lord. I am excited because we had a powerful service, amen, a few minutes ago, amen, with our Spanish um, brothers and sisters, and God spoke in a mighty way, and I believe that he will speak here as well. This is a a sermon that I believe that is a transitional sermon, is a word that you must understand in order to be blessed. It's not a word that you can take lightly, it's a word that is going to help you grow in every area of your life. I just believe that this is the essence of where your blessings lie. If we understand this word, amen, your home will be blessed, your children will be blessed, your finances will be blessed, your relationships will be blessed, and your home will be blessed, amen. But one of the things that I asked the musicians on the, in the uh, Spanish service was not to play and not to um, fill in where the worship should fill in. I asked them not to play while I'm preaching because nowadays, you know, uh, and I love the Bible says that we should sound the trumpets and that we should sound the, the cymbals and that we should play sound prophetically to him. But it also says that the most important thing is your praise and worship. So I don't want the band to fill in where your worship belongs. I'll say that again. I don't want the band to fill where your praise and worship should fill. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. They should not be doing what your hands should be doing. They should not be doing what your voice and your voice, hallelujah, should be doing. Somebody had to come in agreement with me. Hallelujah. When you clap your hands, you're telling God, I agree. When you shout to Jesus, you're saying, Lord, have your way. I need somebody here that can make a prophetic sound. Hallelujah. That can provoke the presence of God in this building. The Bible says that when we praise and worship, things begin to manifest and things begin to happen hallelujah there were less people in the spanish group and hallelujah and they they they, their voices went up i need somebody that can elevate a voice a praise so blessings can come down come on you be the symbol today come on you be the drums today you be the one that provokes something here today hallelujah make a noise that can provoke god hallelujah to ascend in this place hallelujah begin to do something miraculous in this house hallelujah come on you can't stop now we're about to start here hallelujah come on lift them up lift them up musicians lift them up hallelujah make a prophetic sound in the heavenly atmosphere that can provoke something to the sun here today hallelujah this word is transitional hallelujah Come on, come on, hallelujah. You're not going to get cymbals today. You're not going to get drums today. You're not going to get keys today. Hallelujah. The key to your blessing is your hand clap. The key to your blessing is being vocal to the Lord. The key to your blessing is being outspoken, saying, Lord, I need a breakthrough. Lord, I need a miracle. Lord, I'm going to bless you until I find my way back. Hallelujah. Your respond to worship and to the word of God is what creates and forms the blessing and the miracle. Because when you respond correctly, you're saying to God, I believe by faith that, and I take ownership of that word and make it mine. 
You got to be vocal because God has to hear that. Hallelujah. That you understand what he's saying and you believe what he's saying. So you're going to provoke a blessing. So I want to speak about reconciliation. Because I believe that if we understand what reconciliation is in the word of God, we will be blessed beyond blessed. Not only in the church, but in your home in your job and wherever you go. I believe that this is so timely and so important that we understand this because it will bring your breakthrough. Some of us are not blessed because we don't know how to reconcile. Some of us are not blessed because we don't know how to embrace our brothers and sisters. So we got to talk about it today because it's so important. So the Bible says in Matthew 23, 37 that the second greatest commandment is like the first. The first is love God with all your mind, heart, hallelujah, and understanding. Love God with everything. But be, the second one is love thou neighbor as you love yourself. And the, and the second one is as the first one, the Bible says. It's just as important as the first one. So understanding what the Lord says in his word, it lets us know that it's very and extremely important that we love each other. And that we understand each other and that we forgive each other. And that we enter into the spirit of reconciliation. Hallelujah. So it's very important because it's not a suggestion. It's not a, an idea. It's not let me see that you should do that. It's a command. Come on somebody. It's a commandment. It's a command from God that if you love thy neighbor as you love yourself, you shall be blessed. Come on somebody. Right now I, I, I should tell you, touch your neighbor and tell him I love you. I love you. But you don't have to touch him. You don't have to touch him right now. You can act. You can act it out. You can do it. So the Bible says that's the greatest commandment. But I want to use this verse as the, as the essence of the sermon. That's the foundation of the sermon. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, 24. In the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus is talking to the multitude. And he's educating the multitude. And the multitude is attracted to Jesus because they see miracles and wonders. And they know that Jesus is producing something they have not seen before. And his word is prophetic and it's transformational. And they want, and they want to understand and they want direction. So Jesus gives them a key to blessings. And he says this, therefore, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, 24, I hope you're writing it down. And it says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and remember, let's stop right there. If you're offering your gifts at the altar, and remember, the reason why it says, and remember, I believe because it's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction to those who carry the Holy Spirit. Because it's the job of the Holy Spirit to, to, hallelujah, to guide you to every truth. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to remind you where you need to be and what you need to do in the kingdom of God. So the Holy Spirit, when you come face to face with Christ in the, in the, in the temple, in the altar, in the sanctuary, the Holy Spirit will tell you where you're lacking, where you're off, what you need to adjust and what you need to work out. Before you come and bring him an offering, he says, and remember that you have an issue with your brother. Go back and reconcile with him and then come back and bring your offering. Come on, somebody. But it, it tells you, it doesn't say wait for your brother to come to you. Come on, somebody. It says you go. Come on, I, I need somebody to say you go. You go. You rise up. You go and fix the issue and come back. Oh, the Lord still wants your offering. Come on, somebody. Give him a praise shout. 
He still wants you. He still wants you to finance his kingdom. He still wants you to bring the blessings to the altar. He still wants you to bring the sacrifice. But he says, greater is your relationship with your brother than your offering. Ooh, come on, somebody. Greater is the sacrifice than uh, your, of reconciliation than your offering. So go back and reconcile with your brother. You know, this, I want to use, uh, come on, hi man, come on. I want to use you as, as an illustration again. Come on, somebody. So the Bible says, you go. Say with me, you go. You see, when, the, the, when Jesus died on the cross, he, he, he did the greatest sacrifice to bring us into reconciliation with the Father. So Jesus, the Father, gives his son up for hallelujah, guilty people. And he brings forgiveness, mercy, and grace upon our life that we did not deserve. Raphael, come on. So here's, here is Jesus, who's an innocent man. And he comes, hallelujah, to save you and I from condemnation, from going to hell eternally. So he comes that we, you know, here we see Raphael, hallelujah. This is Jesus. I'm Jesus right now. And you see Raphael, he's a sinner. He has, hallelujah, has done some bad stuff and, and killed some people. I mean, the guy has done everything in contrary to what Christ is. And here comes Jesus. He is guilty. He is guilty as you and I. Here comes Jesus and he gives himself as sacrifice at the cross of Calvary and takes away his sin and washes him with his blood, precious blood, and makes him now through Christ Jesus an innocent man. Come on, somebody. Although he is guilty in the eyes of everybody, in the eyes of the Lord, he, in the life of Jesus, he is innocent. So here is Jesus, hallelujah, fighting on his behalf, on his behalf to the Father, saying you can't see what he has done because I am blocking it. I am covering it. So you, through me and my sacrifice, he is innocent. So this is the issue that, that Jesus is having with each and every one of us. He shows a spirit of reconciliation to a guilty man. The father sends his son, who is innocent, his only begotten son, to bring justification to a man that's guilty. And now this man is guilty and has received hallelujah, the redemption of Christ and the forgiveness of the Lord. Jesus is expecting that you return the same love to the brother that has hallelujah, done you wrong. There is a sinner like you was a sinner. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. Come on. So Christ is saying how dare you have the audacity. How dare you have the audacity to say I can't forgive my brother who has offended me. When you are not innocent unless I cover you. And I am expecting for you to return the same love, the same forgiveness for what you did to the brother who offended you. Come on, somebody. That's the power of reconciliation. I'll tell you, we don't got some symbols here today. I need your praise and worship to go up. If you come into agreement with the word of God, hallelujah, that is what Jesus is trying to show us today. It's more important for you to reconcile with your brother than anything you can do in the church. And this sermon is not for one person, two people. This is for the entire church. Oh, come on, Jesus is looking for us to love each other, to care for each other, to protect each other. Can I get a witness in here? Hallelujah. Come on. To forgive and show grace and mercy. 
as it was given unto us. So Jesus is telling us, hallelujah, that the Bible says, hallelujah, there's so much that the Bible speaks about, hallelujah, of this uh, theme about reconciliation because the gospel, essence of the gospel is reconciliation. Not only with your brother in the church, but reconciliation with your cousin, with the neighbor, with the person next, hallelujah, with your, your uncle, with your dad that doesn't speak to you, with your son that doesn't come on somebody, hallelujah, with your sister that doesn't talk to you. God is looking for you to be the one to initiate the reconciliation in order to be free. Come on, Rabbi. Come on, praise your way out today. Come on. So the scriptures are, are consistent in teaching this. And if we understand this, we will receive breakthrough. Some of us have issues with, our, with, with, with people at work that we don't talk to. Managers that we just rub elbows and, and we are upset with them. And, and maybe they were, they were wrong but Jesus is asking us to initiate the reconciliation. Because you understand the kingdom and the gospel. That not once Jesus in the gospel defended himself. Not once Jesus, hallelujah, show hallelujah, revenge. Come on somebody. Not once Jesus lift up his hands hallelujah, to hit or, or offend or destroy those who came against them. Not once. Prophecies throughout. Hallelujah, prophets emphasize that God, in the Bible, prophets emphasize that, that God hates, hallelujah, the worship of those who mistreat others. Come on, somebody. God says he hates the worship of those who mistreat somebody. So God is saying, telling us that more important is your relationship with your brother than serving in the church. God is saying that it's more important your relationship with your mom, your husband, and, and your children than, hallelujah, than doing anything, than even clapping your hands, than even being outspoken. He says, go first. Come on, somebody. Go first and fix that because that's not my spirit. That's not my, oh, come on. That's not me. And you are an image of Christ. And you represent the kingdom of God. You are an ambassador of the, oh, who am I preaching to in this place right now? God is looking for uni unity in the body of Christ because he's all about unifying the world to him the Bible even says that if we don't have a, a forgiving spirit we will be unforgiven oh come on somebody you have to understand this because my, I, I understood throughout this word and it ministers to me that, that I'm blessed because how I treat somebody and we're thinking that I'm blessed because I'm serving the Lord. But as I treat his creation that he designed, that he created, if I treat him with love, I'm looking, I'm actually treating them as they were like made by the hands of God. And I'm, hallelujah, I'm honoring what he created, what he made. So by blessing you and by honoring you and loving you, I am loving the Father. I am honoring the Father. Do you understand? So when I offend you, I'm offending the Father. Come on, somebody. When I'm against you, I'm against God himself. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying right now? So it's very important, my relationship with you. He even says that he would be that we will be judged by the standard that we judge others. Oh, come on. You want to point fingers? Or point, they're going to be five fingers pointing at you. I'd, I'd rather just not point a finger and hug you than point a finger. I'd, I'd rather be the one to initiate forgiveness and love and repentance heart and a repentance spirit because I know that my blessing lies on how I treat you. Woo! 
hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know about you. How many want to be blessed right now? If you want to be blessed, you should be loving everybody up in here. You should be saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, man, oh, I don't care what you said about me. I don't care that you didn't look at me. I don't care that you didn't give me the hands. I still love you, hallelujah, because my blessing depends on me loving you. Come on, somebody. Somebody ought to raise a shout of glory in this building. Hallelujah. Come on, you are the symbol tonight. You're the drums tonight. You're the keyboard tonight. You're the one who provoked heaven to manifest here on earth. Church, the Bible says, no matter how moving, how inspiring, how, hallelujah, our worship may seem, if we harbor evil against each other and harm for somebody in the kingdom and the body of Christ, God would not accept our worship. If we harbor evil, if we are in discontent and we are not unified, God will not receive. Do you understand that? That, that means I came to church and I worship and he didn't hear me. Is that I came to church, I was so vocal, but God didn't hear me. Heavens were shut. Heavens were shut. Because God said, you know, I, I, I can't. You need to do something first. Church, worship demands that we reconcile one to another. It's not a suggestion. It's a demand. We have to love each other. Hallelujah. Don't look at me like you don't love me. You better love me tonight. You better love this message. You better apply it to your life. You better smile. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Because reconciliation is the main essence and the point of the gospel. The gospel is about reconciliation. So if you can't reconcile, you don't belong or you're not in the gospel. Because the gospel is Jesus reconciling his people to himself from a sinful state to a life in him. So listen, listen to me. This word is so important because it depends. Uh, it, 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 we depend on this because it's the health and growth of the church. The church would not grow if we don't love each other. The church would not be healthy if we don't reconcile. Whatever disagreement, whatever issue we may have, it doesn't matter because we're not perfect. The only one perfect, his name is Jesus. But God is looking for humbleness, for humility. Hallelujah, come on, for a graceful spirit, a loving spirit, a forgiving spirit. Like you've been forgiven, you've been restored, you've been taken from a man that was in crisis and going straight to hell into a godly family, renovated, renewed by the power of God. I want to say this, the absence of reconciliation robs the church of power, unity, and miracle. The absence of reconciliation in the church robs the church of a mighty move of God, of miracles, of relationship, of growth. Come on, somebody. That's why the devil wants us disunified. That's why the devil wants us separated. Come on, I need somebody that can rise up and say, not in my house, not in my church, not in my family, not with my children. Oh, hallelujah. The devil's not going to rob my church from the power and the unity and miracles to be manifested in the house of God. Hallelujah. It is, it is important that we understand it because it cripples the church. It can cripple a church ministry. 
and it can cause people to backslide because they don't understand how can you not forgive them when you say you have Christ in your life. Why would I come to church to find people that don't forgive and, say, and they say to me that Jesus can forgive? That's being a hypocrite. You're, you know, that, that is saying, that is preaching something we don't live. It's not by what I say, it's my action that determines whether I'm a believer or not. Come on, somebody. It's my, it's my action. It's how I move. It's how I approach. It's how I respond. It's how I speak. It's how I embrace. It's how I forgive to testify that I'm a mighty man of God. It's not how I preach. It's not coming to church. It's not building anything. It's how you respond to others that determines that you have been saved, sanctified, and filled. Who am I preaching to in this place? Did the Holy Ghost. Come on. I feel the Spirit of God moving in this house right now. The power of reconciliation. Hallelujah. It is dangerous if we don't understand the, what the Bible teaches. Our relationship with God depends on our relationship with our brothers and sisters. Ooh. You understand how deep that is? My relationship with God depends on how I relate with you. With my relationship with my brothers and sisters. You think the Holy Spirit doesn't discern us? Doesn't know where we are? Doesn't know that I'm in, in riff and in conflict? You think we can fool the Holy Spirit here? This is, this is the house of God. When we enter into the house of God, we come face to face with him. And there is revelation of our, our spiritual state. And the Holy Spirit begins to agitate us and begin to speak to us and begin to tell us, Hey, 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 I, I love you. I forgave you. I want to restore your family. I want to do this for you. I want to give you a promotion. But it's stuck and it's, hold, it's held back because you can't look at the brother next to you. And I need you to reconcile. I need you to come into your unity because that's my spirit so I'm going to speak to you and I'm going to agitate you because I, I, I want you to be blessed I want you to re-restore I want you to lift oh come on I want to do something great in your life but there is a, something blocking me from blessing you and I'm not talking about the church setting come on I don't, I don't want you to take this out of context this is apply in your home with your children, this is applied in your marriage, this applies in your workplace, this applies to your life. God is looking for a humble spirit. Because he was humble, you should be humble. So you don't do it by will, you do it because of his word. You don't do it because you have to. You do it because in obedience to his word. Come on, somebody. You don't do it because you need the person. You do it because God said you need to do it. That's the spirit of obedience. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So if our relationship depends on our, our, if our relationship with God depends on my relationship with Marsha, you better, you better know I'm going to be like, you know I'm going to knock on her door. You know I'm going to drop, drop some, some, uh, some, some, what is it, gift cards. Even if she don't open the doors, I'm going to put it under her door. 
So, so the Lord said, you go. Come on, somebody. I need you to understand that part right there. You go and reconcile. You take the initiative. You be the better person. You be the humble person. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm about to steal some blessing from somebody. You don't want to do it? I'm going to do it. You don't want to go? I'm going to go. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? You got to go and get your blessing. You got to go. So the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, it says, If anyone says, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. We got a lot of liars up in here. We got a lot of liars in the world. I'm a believer, and, and you don't talk to your neighbor. I'm a believer, and you don't talk to your child. Come on, somebody. No, no, the Bible says if you don't, if you, if anyone says I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. Hallelujah. I don't want to be portrayed as a liar. Be, why is it saying that? Because my fruits... It's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's what's going to say where I'm at. For whoever does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God that he can't see? That he has not seen. Come on, somebody. It's easy to love and say, I love Jesus because he's not right here right now. Because he didn't say something you didn't like. Come on, he didn't do something you didn't like. So, hey, no one is going to hold me accountable. But it's harder to love the person next to you that turned his back on you. It's harder to love the person next to you that did not help you. Or, or said something offensive. Or offended you. But that's what Jesus wants. He wants you to lower yourself. How to humble yourself. And go and embrace the brother. And show mercy and love and forgiveness. It means that our worship would not be acceptable unless we do all we can do to live peacefully. All we can do to live peacefully. The enemy wants to destroy, but we have to live peacefully. Jesus is stressing how important our relationship, our relationship and our attitude toward others is important as our action and giving. Jesus is saying it's more important than anything you can do here on earth. Your relationship with one another than what anything else you can do with your hands. You can say, you can, how do you come? How do you, it's more important. Do we understand what I'm saying here? How do you, Jesus is saying to the multitude that if you remember how do you, there's something going on that you have not mended, that you have not worked how do you, hard. You know, I, I, I call my brother, I, my brother, hallelujah, doesn't we? Just for something we can't connect, but I'm always trying to connect. And even though he might not call, he might not call me, even though he doesn't speak on the phone, I still establish a conversation. I still try to reach him because it's important to me to reach him. Even though he doesn't speak back, even though he doesn't want to reconcile, I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. Because I know that my blessing hinges on my reconciliation spirit, on my spirit of reconciliation. Hallelujah. I can't force you to love me, but I'm going to love you. I can't force you to embrace me but I'm going to embrace you why because the law said my blessing depends on how I treat you hallelujah come on somebody hallelujah because worship cannot happen until reconciliation happens worship cannot happen until reconciliation happens first because we cannot be reconciled we cannot be reconciled with the Lord if we are in conflict with each other how many brothers worship God and don't even speak to each other? Let's reconcile with each other. It's our duty. It's our, it's our mission. It's our call to, to make sure that we are in one accord. 
to make sure that we are living like the church of Acts. Amen. They're living together in unity, helping each other grow. I have to be interested in you. I have to want to see you grow. I have to see you. I want to see you go higher than your own pastor. I want to see you lift up wings like an eagle and fly in your purpose and in your calling. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. If I stay here in Port St. Lucie and you travel the world, what's important is that you represent the King of King and the Lord of Lords and we had a see and a part to do with it. Come on somebody. You don't have to treat me the way you want to treat me. I just want you to fly like an eagle. Hallelujah. We have to understand that this is a problem we need to fix. I wonder what would happen if the spirit of reconciliation gets activated in this church more than missions, more than outreach, more than, than activities and services. I would love for everything to shut down and activate a conference of the spirit of reconciliation. Come on, somebody, because if we can get that right, <laughs> everything else will flow like a river, will flow in unity, will grow like a hallelujah. Come on, somebody, let's cut everything out and let's begin to reconcile one to another. I believe that's when true revival will hit the churches. We say that the pandemic will bring a, a revival. No, 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 no. Reconciliation will bring the, rig the biggest revival because that's the weapon that the enemy is using today to separate, to divide, to bring friction, to hallelujah, for us to not be able to grow the kingdom of God. I prefer reconciliation than any, re than any other conference or event that we can create come on somebody how about we do a workshop how about we do a workshop how to look at each other how about we do a workshop on how to how that we can't shake your hands we can do some some radical elbow <laughs> show some love hallelujah come on don't let the devil use a mask to say i'm not i i, I was happy but I, you didn't notice no there's some smiley eyes right there you know when you smile, your eyes smile too? Come on, I need to see some eyes smiling up in here with all your masks and everything. The devil is a liar. If I want to reconcile with you, you're going to know that I reconcile with you. Come on, somebody. You're going to feel the love. You're going to feel the embrace. Hallelujah. Because my blessing depends on it. Revival will come when our worship, when our desire to worship God is greater than our pride. Reconciliation will come. I mean, revival will come when, when our desire to worship is greater than our pride. When our desire to reconcile with the brother is greater than my pride. When our desire to be fully obedient to him is greater than our unwillingness to reconcile with one another. That's when revival will come to our churches. Hallelujah. I come to tell you that reconciliation precedes our worship. Reconciliation precedes worship. It's more important for you to be in unity with your brother than your worship. Than, your, than you serving in the church. The right, let me, let me show you a great, hallelujah. You know, reconciliation, the Bible is telling us that reconciliation before sacrifice. Reconciliation is more important than sacrifice. Forgiving is not forgetting. The Lord is asking us, not only, the Lord is not asking us to forget. The offense. God doesn't want you to forget. 
You, we forgive, but we can't forget because if we forget, we won't rebuild our brother. I need to know where he's at. I need to know where she's at. I need to know what happened in the story. I can't forget the story. I can't forget how the enemy used, uh, used a weapon to separate us. I need to not forget what happened, but I can't use my understanding of what happened to bring more affliction. I have to use that understanding to understand that the devil got between us to separate us. I'm going to use that to build the brother. I'm gonna, I, I can't forget what he did because if I forget, I can't rebuild. Oh, I won't know why I'm restoring this person. I need to know what I need to do better in order to keep the relationship going. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, because it's more important, your relationship to me, than anything else. You know, here's the right attitude to have in, in a situation. Acts chapter 7, verse 60, we find Stephen. This is, a, this is a prophet, a man of God that God used in a mighty way. And, and, and gave one of the biggest, one of the most powerful sermons. And here the people that he loved that he's trying to build... Wanted to stone him. So, you know, it, was not, it, wasn't, it wasn't just showing the stone because there are people that, that will show the stone and not throw it. They actually threw the stones and, tried to, and, and, and wanted to kill Stephan. But Stephan, hallelujah, the Bible says that, the, look at what it says. He, then he fell on his knees and he cried out to the Lord. This is, some, this is people coming against him. Coming against him. And the Bible says that he, he, the Lord, he says, then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold these, this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep. He did not die. He fell asleep. Because he had the spirit of forgiveness, even though he was being attacked, even though he was being accused, even though he was being, they were coming against him, even though they threw the stones at him, he still had a, a reconciliation spirit. He still understood what it means to forgive those who do you wrong. And that's why he did not die. He went to sleep. Because when you work, when you move in the spirit of reconciliation, you are at peace in your home, in your house. And it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter that they throw stones at you. It doesn't matter that they they lift up things against you you still live at peace because that's what reconciliation does Hey, who better than Jesus, hallelujah, who died on the cross and said in Luke chapter 23, 20, 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Hallelujah, come on. How deep is that? Jesus knowing that they are saying crucify him. The people that he blessed, the people that he did miracles for, the people that he lifted up, the people that he healed, hallelujah, now are saying crucify him. But Jesus in the spirit of reconciliation because he knew that's the heart of the Father, he said forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. I wonder how many can say that. How many can say forgive them, Lord? Forgive their offense. Reconciliation must be intentional. Write that one down. It, we have to take the initiative. It's imperative that we bring reconciliation to the Lord and to the house. You know, if you have a broken, if you have a broken bone, you don't, you don't just... It doesn't just get fixed by itself. You take the initiative to go to the hospital, to have a doctor, how to check it, put it in place, put a, a cast on it, amen, for the healing to occur. You know, how to reconciliation, how to, you have to take the initiative. It's not going to heal by itself. You need to go how to, and put the bandages. You need to heal the bones, the, whatever is broken, you need to heal it. You're the one, God is challenging somebody to step up and say, you know what, I'm going to heal your wounds. I, I'm going to put a cast. I'm going to be intentional. Hallelujah. I'm 
going to know what I'm doing. Hallelujah. Because I want healing to occur in your life. Come on, I need, to that, I need for that selfish spirit to leave this house in the name of Jesus. And we begin to empower each other. Hallelujah. Come on, who's here willing to grow? Hallelujah. In unity for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So it requires perfect uh, intentional action. Reconciliation, I'm going to say this again, requires or it demands humility. It, there's no way that you're going to be able to reconcile with anybody unless you have a humble spirit. There's no way. Because we are men and, and women and we, 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 we know what's right and wrong. And when things are done wrong to us, we think about it a lot and we... You know, we let sometimes roots grow and we like, man, you know, what's going on? And we, and we sometimes take things out of context and, we, and, we, and the enemy uses that and grows it bigger than what it is. And before we know it, we can't come into agreement. We, come, we, can't, we can't mend anymore. So we have to be intentional. We have to know the weapons that the enemy used in order to combat it, in order to say, no, not in my life. It's not going to take root in my life because my blessing, if I allow it to come into my house, it's going to rob the blessing not only of my church, not only of my children, not, it's going to rob my blessing. It's going to write my descendants blessing. Hallelujah. So I need to not allow it to come. So here we find, I want to, I want to share really quick a story of, um, of Esau and Jacob. We find Jacob that stole his brother's, hallelujah, birthrights. And he takes his brother's birthright. And, and he did wrong to his brother. And, you know, but it came to his spirit because that's what God does. He agitates and touches your heart. There's not one person in this building that can say that God does not speak to them. There's not one person that God does not, that, that can say that God did not reveal what they need to work on. Not one person. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. He will tell you where you've done wrong and what needs to be done. So the Spirit of God must have spoken to Jacob. And Jacob, the Bible says that he, that in Genesis 33, 3, he says that seven times, seven times Jacob bowed. Before his brother asking for forgiveness and reconciliation. Come on, somebody. Seven times. We can't get brothers and sisters here to bow one time. Can I get a witness here? Nobody's clapping now. We can't get somebody just, you know, just say, you know what, I'm sorry. One time. Jacob said, you know, just, Jacob did not justify what he did. He actually said, you know, I'm going to go above and beyond. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have the posture of humility. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to have the right spirit and the right heart. I'm going I'm to acknowledge that I was, the, I was a deceiver, that I stole from you what I did wrong, and I'm going to ask you for forgiveness. I'm not going to act like I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to tell you what I did wrong, and I'm going to repent. And if I have to do it seven times, I'm going to do it seven times. I wonder who God is challenging up here right now to humble themselves and say, you know what? Even if I have to do it once, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, I'm going to fight until we are unified in the body of Christ. Jacob said, it was my fault I messed up. You know, the moral of the story is that humility is very important for, for reconciliation to occur. You know, there's a price to be paid. For, for reconciliation, there's a price to be paid. And you know, what, you know what that is? Swallowing our pride. And admitting we were wrong. Come on, somebody. You should be clapping right now for that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, it's like. Mm. 
Breathe. Lord, I'm going to swallow it. You know why? Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says, Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. So it's not only about you. I can't just look that I'm blessed, that I'm prosperous. I got to make sure that you're blessed and prosperous, that we're walking together, that you're not left behind. Come on, nobody left behind in this church. Hallelujah, it says, you can't just look for your own revival. You got to look for everybody to be blessed in this church. Come on, that everybody matters, that everybody is as important in the church as everyone else. Just as important as the pastor it's the deacon, and it's hallelujah, the leaders, and it's the ushers, and it's the servers. Everybody plays a key role in the kingdom of God. We got to love each other and not let the enemy penetrate the house of God or your home. Hallelujah. And rebuke anything that comes against to bring division. Hallelujah. Sadness and robbers of the power of unity. I'm going to close with this. What better, what greater power than, what greater spirit of humility than the spirit of Joseph? Being betrayed by his brother, sold by his brother, sold even to death. And here God blesses him and puts him in position of power. And years later, in Genesis 41 or in Genesis 45, we see how Joseph, with the opportunity to destroy, with the opportunity to pay back what was done to him, had all the right to. But because he knew the power of reconciliation, he knew that the power of reconciliation actually got him to the palace. He said, you know what? I'm going to forgive my brothers and I'm going to reconcile with them. And not only am I going to forgive them, I'm going to help them. And I'm going to give them resources. And I'm going to bless them. I'm going to bring them into my blessing. Because we need to grow together. Because it, he understood that this whole trauma thing it was a plan from the enemy, but God had a better plan. And he used it for his glory. Come on, stand to your feet with me tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a praise if you're about to live in unity, amen, and reconciliation tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, reconciliation. Matthew 18 says... Peter asked Jesus this question. Lord, how many times, look at this, look at this. Peter said to ask Jesus in Matthew 18, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, Jesus, I tell you not seven times, but 70, 70 times seven times. What, he's, what Jesus is saying, always forgive. Always reconcile. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I wonder who will take the initiative tonight to write down a name of someone that they need to reconcile with. I wonder who's going to take this word and run with it and say, you know what? My blessing depends on my action and my response to this word. I'm not going to let no one in my circle, no one in my job, no one in my church to steal my blessing and my favor. 
my favor with the Lord. Because I understand now through this word that if, I, if I'm not reconciled, there's no traction and there's no favor and God is not hearing my voice. Lord Jesus. If there's a fracture in your life that you need to repair, repair it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.